0: This is a Rooster Teeth production.
1: Good day to all you deep-roathe. Eh? Stampede on into the Stinky Dragon. Swallow our latest swill, the Oxtrot. It's a mixture of bofinity-ginity, gory grapefruit juice, Orange soda, and garnished with glowing orbs. One gulp of this gut rot, you'll be dancing till the cows come home. Previously, our adventurers shopped their way to Boulderay. There, they ran into a raucous rally regarding a mayoral race with candidate tussler Their old friend enemy petitioned the party's help in pursuing a puzzling stalker, but. After following leads and uncovering clues, their investigation was disrupted by a deathly detonation sent from Quadrant and the Quadrant Squadron. Audrey. Hold on to your heart stuff, cause we're about to take this tale by the horns.
2: I don't watch other like D&D shows or like listen to many other ones. H- how many of these shows have to spend like the first like 5-10 minutes of the episode reminding the players what happened last time you recorded? <laughs> Is that a common thing? Because I'm like, oh yeah, the explosion sounds familiar. Where'd that happen? Was that in the library with the Kenkus? Luckily for you, you're about to
1: find out. <laughs> Jarring footsteps clank from behind a row of kicks but- bookcases. Jarring (laughs) footsteps clank from behind a row of bookcases. Out steps a hooded figure with two condescent orange eyes staring unblinkingly. An iron hand extends from beneath their cloak and points straight at Kyborg. Kydelius of Everwinter, Quadrant sends his greetings. Five... I I smacked Kyborg's butt.
3: No, we had to grab the Cancua kids. (laughs) You hear a voice yell,
4: Get down.
1: And someone shoves you uh, both to the ground behind a flip table. Kaboom! Iron Shrapnel explodes in every direction, clattering against the walls. Kyborg, with your head spinning and ears ringing, you manage to look up and see your rescuer still holding you down to the ground. It's a young half-elf with black hair, wearing a red ascot, who you recognize as Meld Manor.
5: Meld oh, Manor. Is wait, Meld Manor was the bad daughter? guy. Yeah, yes.
4: Hugh Manor's we daughter. We love
2: Meld. <gasps> Meld. Oh, she saved me. Thank you, Meld. But
3: also, oh no, Quadrant's back.
2: <laughs> she asks,
4: "Is everyone okay?"
2: Who saved me? Meld. She she shoved you oh. both down. I said, well, I uh, yeah. Wanna, I he, don't. I don't want to share if someone saved me with Kaiborg. I want my
3: own person <laughs> to save me. What about the Kenku? Are they okay? Well, it's either
2: Meld or no one. They were far, <laughs> they
1: were far enough away. They were over closer to the entrance. You all had moved back to like closer to bookcases where this happened. Uh, yeah, the Kenku are definitely startled and uh, running around frantically.
2: Wait, that dude was here too. The other mayoral candidate. Oh, I'm okay if he died though.
1: <laughs> the uh, explosion was very shaped like a shaped charge, and it was just headed in <laughs> your direction.
2: It was shaped like Kyborg. That's what the explosion <laughs> was. Meld asks again.
4: Is everyone okay?
2: <laughs> I, We're I, shocked. We're in shock. I, yeah, shocked. You're not in here, Bart, are you? No. I believe Bart and Gum-Gum are still at the tavern.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, Refane, uh way are you here? Uh, not to be
4: rude or anything, but I'm just curious. What, what's, what's up? She says, Look, I can explain, but we should get out of here first. It's not safe. Let's head over to the Temple of Daya in town. I have urgent business with Pastor Ocean, and we can regroup with your friends there, and I can explain everything.
3: This is where Kyborg's can get really serious and very moody. He picks up some ash from the ground, and he he grips in his hand, Chondron, and then he wipes it on his face <laughs> like he's ready for battle.
2: Roll me a perception check, Kyborg. At disadvantage, because you have ash in your eyes. You're about to tell me that that's <laughs> Can't poop, that it was, like, the kid's
1: <laughs> tin. Mud, why don't you roll one for me as well? That's a 14. That was the DM fishing for a better roll.
3: <laughs> oh, I know this tune. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mud, it seems to you that Melt seems a little older since the last time you saw her. Like, Older than you would think she would be based on the amount of time that's
2: passed. It's probably because of like oh. the time buffoonery that we were dealing with in Gettysburg. What was it called?
1: Erbloom. Ur- Erbloom.
2: Ur- <laughs> Did you say Gettysburg?
6: Or it's her mom. I
3: knew there was like there, it, it just it just it felt right. Or 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 this is a Terminator situation and she's come back in time because I'm the hero of time and she needs to <laughs> save me from Terminators sent by Quadrin because I have to save the planet. Or it's her mom. <laughs>
2: Or it's her mom. No, I mean, she Mm. said, wait. No, my mom died at the hands of Quadrant. Quick uh, question. What's your name? (laughs) Kyborg. No, not you. (laughs) 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 All
1: right, you got me. (laughs) She looks at you a little puzzled and says,
4: It's me, Meld.
2: Oh, right. Um, so what's your skincare routine? Because I think we might need to switch it up a little bit. You know, a little bit uh, <laughs> like you got some sun damage or something. Maybe we get you out of
4: some like manual labor you've been doing. What's, go- what's going on? I promise I can explain everything. But why don't we regroup with your friends so I don't have to explain it twice?
3: Melt, right. melt, melt. Just, just tell him. Come with me if you want to live. And then then we're on board. Just say it. Just say it. Why don't you say it, Blaine? Okay. All right. right, Hey, 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 Mud. Come with me if you want to live. I give him a good berry.
1: Okay. There you go. (laughs) Moonbeams cascade from the starry night above. Uh, After a quick safety check of the perimeter, you two start making your way to the Temple of Gaia, along with Meld. Uh... Bart, oh god, I couldn't remember your name. Uh, Bart and Gum Gum. <laughs> it's funny, you can't remember Erbloom, I can't remember Bart,
5: especially because my name is Barbara and I'm a bard. That yeah. makes it extra funny, you couldn't remember it. And you like to bark, <laughs> arf, arf,
1: arf. Mud. Perhaps you should send uh, Gumbo with a message to the tavern to have your friends meet up with you at the Temple of Dark. Oh, they're not
2: at the church, they're at the tavern. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I send Gumbo, Gumbo, and I, I like, I tape a little note on him. And I give him a little pat on the butt and say, go, go get my friends. <laughs> go get my friends.
1: So, yeah, from your perspective, Bart and Gum Gum, you all are still at uh, the Throne Gauntlet Tavern. Mm-hmm. Both of you roll perception checks. Do you see a badger?
5: All oh, right. Uh, nine.
1: <laughs> nope. No badgers. Mm, that's going to be a Three. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, normally, Bart, you're, uh, you're all over those perception checks.
5: I think it's because I've been drinking.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it could be. You both have been uh, arm wrestling and you're just having kind of a good time there in the Throne Gauntlet Tavern. And you hear Duncan call to you.
4: Hey, isn't that your friend's uh, badger over there?
1: He points to the door as you see Gumbo walking in.
2: No. Or crawling in the front door.
4: What's a What's
7: a badger? <laughs>
2: Gumbo goes straight to the bar and gets up on a bar stool and like hits his little little badgered paws on the bar, like wanting like a Or does that thing where right? like, <laughs> he's
5: looking everywhere but the badger. Just like back and
2: forth. Gumbo was also under explicit instructions that if they don't notice him to bite Gum-Gum's uh, foot.
3: There you go.
2: Okay. Ow! Who's attacking me? <laughs> it's a little...
3: Who is this? Roll for initiative. Who are you? <laughs> Roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you obviously uh, recognize uh, Gumbo immediately as being your assailant. Oh.
6: You've changed sides, I see. (laughs) Foolish decision, little one. (laughs) You've changed sides. And I draw my
0: weapon. (laughs) Oh, my God. Get ready. Gumboos, betray us.
7: Uh, Hey, Gum-Gum, just for trust me, everything's okay. Just put the weapon down. It's okay. It looks like the little fellow wants to tell us something.
2: Gumbo bites him again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, he's he's
1: telling us he's
2: betraying us. Good
1: boy. Uh, Yeah, you notice that he's got a note attached to him. Oh my god.
6: So it's put Paper on him. Get it off. It's made him (laughs) evil. Uh, Bart picks picks up the note and
1: reads it. Yeah, you pick it up and you see a a message scribed by Mud that's imploring you to meet them at the Temple of
2: Daya. The the note just says, Take me to church. That's that's Uh,
3: fantastic. I was along the journey. Yeah, you got me there.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me to church.
3: It's in code because we're in code. We have to be stealthy. Yeah. They'll never figure
1: that one out. (laughs) All right. So I guess you all. Head to the Temple of Daya as well.
2: <laughs> you got to say what you're doing. Before we do that,
1: is there any way I could get a, another battle axe
6: at the store or a trade? Or, is, We're that, not is that available? Fair just, anymore. No, no, just a regular. They said that like, they didn't have it. They only had magic items.
1: Okay. Oh. Maybe in the morning. It's it's okay. nighttime right now. So that's why the tavern is extra raucous. Uh, but probably in the morning. Okay. All right, just, let's go. And I pick up Gumbo with
6: one hand and hold him out like he's a weapon, about, like he's a bomb about to explode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, you all, uh, make your way over to the Temple of Daya from the Throne Gauntlet Tavern.
0: Holy Daya!
1: From where you are, it's pretty much on the opposite end of town. The, uh, Throne Gauntlet Tavern's kind of in the central western portion of Boulderay, and the Temple of Daya is out in the, kind of, the southeastern corner. It's actually closer over to the school. It's not too far from the school. You all reconvene outside the Temple of Daya. Bart and Gum Gum, you see your party members as well as Meld all standing in the shadows outside of the Temple of Daya.
7: Cool. Is that Mm -hmm. Meld? It is indeed, Bart. What, uh, what happened to you?
4: Well, I have been on quite an adventure since we've last seen each other. Who knows how long ago that was? Well, when you all went back in time to stop Slick, I was hiding nearby. I wanted to see the Recapitulator in action. After all, I helped assemble it for you. But without realizing it, I went back in time with you. Oh, no. As you can imagine, I was very confused. But eventually I saw an opportunity. With everything I knew about my father and his corruption, misdeeds, and that my mother had gone missing, I decided to find and free myself in this timeline. We'll call her Meld Beta. (laughs) I snuck into my father's mansion and worked with Meldbeta to come up with a plan to arrest our father and reunite Erbloom. Then Meld Beta traveled to all the districts and told them the dirty dealings of our father's corrupt enterprises and complicity in the assassination of the guild head. Eventually my father and his guild were tried and arrested for their crimes. Fletcher and Boone was voted in to take my father's place as the new district leader of Steinman. But that's not all. After that, the district leaders unanimously nominated Mel Beta to be the new guild head of herbloom I decided to seek out the inventor of the Recapitulator, Howie Scream. I believe you know him? Yes, we do. I found the Scream family and told them the story about my mother, Sadate Tempur. Together, we rebuilt the Recapitulator, and I began traveling through time, searching for clues as to what happened to my mother. Cool. I traveled to the past, but... I simply couldn't find her. It's almost like she doesn't exist in the past anymore. So I decided to travel to the future. That's when I uncovered the Tetragogs, a fourfold axis of evil that took over all of Faiza and rid the world of Arcana. There was no more magic. These Tetragogs were led by a crimson cloud calling itself Entropa. I made haste searching for the four of you to find out more about this bleak future, and that's when I found Kyborg. Should I say Kydrin? What? No! In that timeline, Kyborg was killed by that exploding automaton back there. It was sent by Quadrant, one of the Tetragogs. Kyborg's body parts were collected by Quadrant and reassembled into a perverse, reconstructed version of Kyborg that would only serve Quadrant, henceforth known as Kydrin. No. I immediately traveled back in time to save Kyborg from this cruel fate. But as you know, the recapitulator is not an exact science. I must have come back earlier than I intended, so I decided to follow Brink around until Kyborg showed up back in town. Since I saw you were all such good friends, I figured inevitably you would reunite with Brink. Well, yeah. Naturally, naturally. And that brings us back to the present, so to speak.
7: So, um, can we get, like, a Sparks Notes version of that?
3: Uh, that kind of was the Sparks <laughs> Notes version Wait, of So, Entropa <laughs> is eventually going to take over the world and rid it of magic, and Klein is one of his tetragogs. How many tetragogs are there? Four. And am I pronouncing it right? Tetra-gaug? Tetragog? Tetragog. Okay. Tetra-gog. What are the What are the tetragogs?
4: They're sort of Entropa's enforcers that oversee all of Phasa and impose their cruel will who are the other three? Entropa is one of the tetragogs along with Quadrant and two others. Oh.
3: Quadrant.
4: And who oh, are you? Oh, is one of them. Yeah. And who are you? Uh, don't worry, Gum-Gum, we'll get you up to speed in just a bit <laughs>
6: Okay, also, quick, I don't know if you guys know Gumbo's evil
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> He might be one of the four qu- <laughs> <He's> Tetragogs <bad. laughs>
2: Wait, so the Tetragogs, are, are they the ones in control in the future? Are they working for someone else who's in control in the future?
4: Oh no, the Tetragogs rule with absolute power Do you know who the other two were? I didn't have enough time to discover the identity of the other two Tetragogs. The only two I'm sure of are Entropa and Quadrin.
2: Quadrin. Well, I see we've we clearly have a thing to do now in order to secure the future. We have to kill Kyborg right now, so he doesn't no. turn
3: into
4: No. We have to kill
3: we have to kill Quadrin who will who tries to make me into Kydrin.
4: Right, right, right. That plan will work, but only if we can absolutely hide all of his body parts and keep them out of the hands of oh, world right. no, stop even so hang, we hey, have to dismember Kyborg no, no. and hide
2: his body parts in the
3: four corners of the world we're not Welcome entertaining to the new this campaign idea. of Stinky
2: well, dragon where no. we hide all of Kyborg
3: through to this is, this is not, we're going to kill we're going to kill <laughs> quadrin and then in the meantime <laughs> we're going to avenge my family because if you haven't been listening he killed my family and my village Thus taking me down this spiraling path of revenge. Uh, because, and he of also of took my All
2: right, and oh. being evil, and oh we God. have to do. We have to. We have to not have that timeline happen.
6: And in your timeline, did Paralite? Is she still bad? I don't know what's good and what's bad anymore.
4: <laughs> my timeline is your timeline, oh. just extended over a longer period of time.
3: Oh, okay. oh Gum Gum nods like he understands. <laughs> <It still laughs> does not. Does Mel? Mel does Does your Is your dad still alive? Did he end up not dying from that T-Rex or T-Rex?
4: Yes, correct. Your actions reset the timeline in Urbloom and stop that timeline from occurring. Oh, right. In our current timeline, my father is still alive, but he's imprisoned in Urbloom. Okay, all right. I feel that Pastor Ocean here in the Temple of Daya has information that can help me uncover the identity of the Tetragogs and help us defeat Quadrant and Entropa. Quadrant.
7: Oh, it sounds like we should talk to the pastor then, right?
4: (laughs) Exactly. That's why we met here. So let's go in and talk to Pastor Ocean. Let's go. Is his name
1: Danny? First name, Danny. Uh, You don't know. Everyone just calls
2: him Pastor Ocean. Pacific. (laughs) Well, we go and talk to him. Like, where is this? Where is this? This stupid man. Give them a right second. Turn
5: the page to the oh. next
2: portion. <laughs> right here, right here like, at the temple. I, I like how Barbara thinks of like the way that Gus is like DMing. Is like almost like he's got like a book full of just stories that he just <laughs> turned a big old page. And it's like all right, next yeah. page. And You
3: hear that that little sound that tells you to turn the pages along with it. I blast <laughs> the doors of the temple and do a barrel roll in with my arm, my draw bow drawn. I'm not taking any. Yeah, that's risks, good. Do, a, a quadrant. do an assault
2: on a, on a religious uh, uh, building and then roll in. <laughs>
3: You got it. Just for clarification,
1: Micah is reminding me when you all first came to this temple previously, there was a sign when you came in that let you know that the pastor's name was Dev Ocean. Right. Not Danny Ocean. Oh, Dev Ocean.
7: Dev Ocean.
3: Got it. Wow, well, Micah.
7: I should you're have dumb remembered names. that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, Kyborg, you're kicking down the door of the temple.
3: Is, is that doing correct? A, doing a barrel roll in, yes, with my bow drawn.
2: No, you know what? He goes to do that, and I notice it, and I shove him aside.
3: <laughs> It's a roll off. It's a roll off.
2: Do it. Do it. What is that? Dexterity?
1: Make a dexterity roll, Kyborg. Mud. Make either a strength or a dexterity check.
3: 24.
2: 18.
1: 18. Yeah, you go to to, uh, shove him, but Kyborg sees you coming. He's all amped up with all this quadrant use, and he manages to dodge out of the way. Uh, He makes an athletics roll to kick down the door. And... 14. Uh, Yeah. The door uh, flies open, and uh, you somersault into the room. I guess make... An acrobatics check.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> Twelve. Ooh. Twelve, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's good enough. It's a somersault. It's not a flip or anything. You somersault into the room, draw your bow, and look around. <laughs> the doors immediately shut behind you, separating you from the rest of your party.
5: Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> ha ha ha! Mortals are so predictably unintelligent. Kydelius of Everwinter, your life is at an end. Any last words? <laughs>
2: Everyone, go ahead and roll initiative.
1: <laughs> oh my
5: Everyone? god. Aren't, but aren't we outside the room?
2: Yeah, yeah we're, it's just we're, this is how you resolve uh, stupidity. <laughs> <laughs>
5: 23.
1: 12. The reason you're rolling initiative, just to, uh, I'd like to answer your question there, uh, Barbara, is to know when you all would act as everything else is happening inside the room as well.
5: Gotcha.
3: I rolled a. S- oh my goodness. One plus five, so it's a six, but
6: I, uh... I have advantage on initiative. I roll two ones in a row.
5: Why do you have advantage on initiative?
6: It's one of my new level things. Oh, nice. Uh, So
1: I have a, that's a three for me. (laughs) Gotcha. So Bart, from your perspective, Kyborg kicked down the door, somersaulted in. You were probably rolling your eyes as he was doing so. And then after he went in, the doors shut behind him and you heard some muffled voices from inside the temple. Everyone is now outside the front door of the temple except for Kyborg who is inside.
5: And he's clearly face to face with danger, as far as we know.
1: I would I would <laughs> say that's a safe assumption, but you wouldn't know like definitively.
5: Okay. Um, could I try opening the door?
1: Yeah, you try to open the door as you normally would, but it appears to be locked.
5: Okay.
3: <laughs> if only
1: you had a lock picking kit.
5: <laughs> could I cast <laughs> Could I cast heat metal on the door handles?
1: Oh, uh yeah, absolutely.
5: I don't know if that'll work, like if it'll melt it.
1: Yeah, uh, you cast Heat Metal. The door handles begin to melt away.
5: Woo! All right, and then can I open the door?
1: <laughs> yeah, now you open the door and you see light streaming in through the windows of the temple, giving it some illumination. You see Kyborg right on the other side of the door and some evil looking automatons spaced throughout the temple. How many? You see four.
5: Okay. Where in relation to Kyborg are all of them? Because I, I imagine Kyborg's further into the room.
1: He's just beyond the door. I assumed, like, with his action, he was trying to, like, get in, keep the door behind him, and, you know, survey uh, any potential danger. Uh, you know, the temple's very long. Like, think about the inside of a church where it's, you know, way longer than it is wide.
3: You know, all the times you went to church, Barbara. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There's uh, one kind of close to the door where you all entered, two mingled throughout the pews in the center of the temple. And then way at the far end at the altar, there's another one over there. Gotcha.
5: Well, I believe that spell was my action. I don't think I get any more actions at the level I'm at.
1: I'd say you could move if you wanted to, but that's about it. Okay. Got the door open, so that's good.
5: Yeah. Um, I'll just move into the room, but I'll stay like further back. So like where the doors that we came in through?
1: Yeah, you can, I mean, there's a little bit. If you want, you could like offset yourself to the left or the right if you want, or you could stay pretty center by the door. I'll go to the left. Left, okay. Bart enters the temple and um, stays close to that back wall to the left side. It is their turn.
5: <laughs> I cast Invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> Just
3: kidding. <laughs> Too late. Heat metal is what you went with. It was a really good call. I I, I feel like a, a horse's butt for charging in without the team. That'll be my character arc with Quadrin. He separated me from my family, so now I, my new family,
2: I have Learned to learn to appreciate on them. it. Right. That's your, that's your arc after
3: 53 episodes of doing this with
5: us. Is that
3: just <laughs> now learning to work as a, as a team? As I told Gus, 54 is my lucky number. So okay. now I start learning. Okay.
1: I like how you're like. This is. I'm just gonna go and explain to you what my arc is. Yeah. <laughs> the automaton closest to you. Who? To you, Kyborg. Lowers an appendage, aims it at you, and fires. It hits AC. Ooh, that's a critical. <laughs> uh, need... Critical hit. Uh, you take 22 points of damage. Ah, a uh, you got, And now you need to make either an athletics or a dexterity check.
3: Oh, I'm going to reroll that. It was a one. <laughs> that was not good. No, it wasn't. Uh, I am lucky, so I will reroll. Oh, that's not much better. 11.
1: The, uh, appendage that gets fired at you, as it's about to impact with you, it opens up into, uh, a claw, and it, uh, grabs onto you and attaches. You're now tethered to this automaton. Then using that tether, it reels itself in with lightning-fast speed and pulls down, uh, another appendage with a buzzsaw at the end and takes a swipe at you. <laughs> This is where Kaiborg dies. Yeah,
0: this is
1: good. Uh, it hits AC 24. All right. oh that's a hit. It does 10 points of damage. Cauldron, <laughs> <Quildren. laughs> it's coming down. <laughs> <laughs> the two that are up in the pews, they're about 45 feet away. They move out into uh, like a flanking formation. One moves to the left and one moves to the right. They close the distance coming down, they move down about 30 feet, so they're 15 feet away from you. They both also fire off these ranged attacks at you.
5: What kind of damage is he taking? Like what type?
1: The first one, the the ranged attack is bludgeoning. The other one, like I said, was a buzzsaw, that's uh, slashing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The first one on the left side, uh, fires this, uh, ranged attack at you. Kyborg hits AC 11, which I assume is a miss. It's a miss. The one on the right does the same. AC nine. I assume that's a miss as well. It's a miss. Yeah. All right. (laughs) That is their turn. Uh, Mud, your turn.
2: So there's the one that has a hold of Kyborg Mm -hmm. and is shoving a buzzsaw into him. There's the two that flanked. Yes. And shot at Kyborg. And then where's the other one?
1: Way at the far back of the temple, still
2: by the altar. That one has not gone yet. Okay, so that one's a distance away. I'm going to do something I don't want to do and heal Kyborg.
5: (laughs) Why don't you want to do that?
2: (laughs) Because he doesn't deserve it.
6: it. It might
2: actually hurt his character arc. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very
2: true. Yeah, he needs to be broken down completely. Yeah, and by stunting that, I'm really taking away from him. We're not going to get true, to the true. second act
6: low if you heal him.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Chris, All right,
2: Chris. Chris. So, what, so what Chris is saying is, I should actually attack Kyborg right now. No, oh.
3: no. <laughs> not my friends, not Tim Quarterin.
2: All right, I cast Healing Word. It's a bonus action. I'm gonna cast it at third level to give as much as I can, um, which will be 13 hit points.
3: Thank you, good sir. Yep. Oh, I also have that berry, but I guess that's an, that's an action on my turn
2: That's an action, to eat that single hit point berry would be an action <laughs> Alright, well then I'm gonna A hold on terrible on use of your time You know what, Mud likes seeing what uh, Bart did And so, I don't know how you resolve this with these guys But the automaton to the left I'm gonna walk in and be at the door so I can see them And cast Heat Metal on the automaton on the
3: left Heat metal on I
2: the didn't realize on you had that
5: too, but hell yeah.
2: Yeah
3: You would do heat metal on the guy that's got me in his metal claws, and I'm like ow, 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 ow. He just
2: <laughs> melts into
5: kyborg. Well mel- kyborg also has a metal arm. I've had heat metal for a
2: while. <laughs> <laughs> it was the way that I got the with those guys who fought us in the saloon with Howie um to drop their, their stuff with uh, Oh yeah. Uh, I forgot about with, that. With uh what's his name? Eric Bador. What's his name? Brink, Brink. Thussler. So casting heat metal, they can't drop. I'm assuming they're made of metal, right?
1: Yeah, it looks to you, they're like iron automatons. It looks like they have four limbs that each of them ends like in a hand. Sometimes it seems like they're walking on two of them, like a biped, and then sometimes they crawl on all four. And uh, They've got like four incandescent orange eyes, two on each side of its head. It's that way you can see and It looks to you like it can see in every direction.
3: It's like General Grievous meets Ultron. (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, good. Since they can't drop the thing, they're uh, automatically still attached to the thing that is heat when I do it. So um, after we resolve damage, they actually are going to have creatures holding or wearing the object takes damage from the creature must succeed in a constitution saving throw. Drop the object if it can't, can't. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage on attack rules and ability checks Uh until the start of your next turn.
1: And you said this? This is the, you're doing. You're targeting the one that ran up on the left
2: side, right? On the left. Okay. Go ahead and roll damage. It's three D8s. That's 19 fire Ow. damage. I don't like that. Yeah,
1: you should It. Okay, yeah, the uh, iron automaton on the left side that was closing the distance begins glowing, you know, with like orange heat from the heat metal. Red, it's red hot heat. Red hot heat. It says it in the description of the spell, so I'm just- kidding. Red hot heat, okay. <laughs> You just made a more deadly job. Yeah, I know. Now, now he
2: runs at Kyborg.
1: He, you hear it say, "Ouch! Wait, I feel no pain."
5: Someone in portal.
1: Death sound. Okay, is that it for you, Mud? Yeah. Okay, it's the other one's turn. What's it gonna do when it comes for you? It, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold back for now and see uh, how the rest of this plays out. The one at the altar seems to be surveying everything in front of it. You think you hear calculating? He's contemplating
3: religion. He's getting, <laughs> sp- he's getting smarter. <laughs> Kyborg, uh, it's your turn. Okay. All right. Here we go. I'm in that guy's clutches still, yeah? Yeah. He's got like this arm that shot
1: out and the hand is like grabbing onto you.
3: What am I going to do to get out of this? What Do I need to take an action or a, a, an attack to fight my way out?
1: You can make another athletics check to try to break out of it.
3: Athletics check. All right. I do that and it is a 19. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. You grab this like grappling hook hand thing off of you and you drop it down to the ground. You're no longer tethered to this enemy. I
3: bitch press it off. All right. Was that an action or was that? Does he drop it like it's hot? (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll say that was.
1: No, no. We'll say that's a bonus action.
3: Okay. Uh, So that guy's really up in my grill still, then, yeah? Yes. Okay. With an attack of opportunity, if I were to fire past him, that's not an attack of opportunity, right?
1: That would not provoke. An attack of opportunity. It's just the movement in and out of
3: melee range. Yeah. How? Because how close is that guy? The one that just was just hugging me. Oh, he's like right, like right next to you. Melee range, five feet. Okay. Actually, you know, what? I don't like that guy on me, so I'm gonna take a, a disadvantage. A uh, an attack with the longbow triumph. Okay. Go ahead and roll that attack roll. That's a twenty-seven and a nineteen. So nineteen. Uh,
1: yeah, nineteen. That de- that definitely hits.
3: Okay. Rolling that damage. That's. 10 points of damage. Okay. You don't want to do a bursting arrow? (laughs) I don't want to do a bursting arrow, but I did get a new arrow. It's called a grasping arrow, and I'm looking at this one. It's a creature hit by the arrow takes an extra 2d6 poison damage. Its speed is reduced by 10 feet and it takes 2d6 slashing damage for the first time. On each turn, it moves one foot or more. It sounds like that's like more of a viney thing, and it sounds like it's more useful against organics. I was gonna say poison automaton. Damage. Automaton. Yeah. Right. So no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. But I have a thing called the Gift of the Chromatic Dragon. Chromatic infusion. As a bonus action, you can touch a simple or. Ah, shoot. I should have done that before I fired it off. Okay, that was my first action. I'm going to take a second action, but before I do that, I'm going to use. Gift of the Chromatic Dragon. As a bonus action, you can touch a simple or martial weapon and infuse it with one of the following damage types acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison. For the next minute, the weapon deals an extra 1d4 damage of the chosen type when it hits. You can use this bonus bonus action once per long rest. If I touch my longbow, does that infuse the arrows or was that just the arrow? It would work if you, so it
1: specifies you touch the weapon. So uh, I would interpret that as being the bow. However, you used a bonus action to remove the grappling hook from you, so you don't have (sighs) any bonus actions available.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, all right, I'm gonna take another shot at this guy with the longbow triumph with my second attack. All right, yeah, go for it. And this will be a disadvantage, so Mm -hmm. it's 26 and an 18. Oh yeah, that that still hits. Okay, Badoom, that's a 10. Nice.
1: Yeah, so Kyborg very quickly knocks two arrows and fires them at the automaton in front of him, striking both times. The automaton is still standing, looking around, surveying the situation.
3: Well, I'm all juiced up, so we're going to do an Action Surge! (laughs) Uh, You can take one additional action on your turn. This can be used once per short rest. I'm going to fire again with the longbow Triumph. This will be a disadvantage, however. It's a 23, 19. Oh, yeah, you still hit. Piercing damage, 12. Oh, yeah, nice. It's still standing despite uh, your three arrows sent in it. One more shot with the old Longbow Triumph then. Would a 14 hit? Yes, that actually does hit. Okay, a 14 and 24. I roll a 14 then. Okay. Shoot another arrow. It's a nine. Nine.
1: Oh yeah, the, the, the automaton looks like it's in bad shape. It's uh, uh, sparking a little bit. It looks like it's falling apart, but it is still standing. Okay, that is my move. Strong boy. For my mental image, I don't remember. Mud, where did you move to? Just to the door frame. Okay, so you're still standing at the door, kind of behind Kyborg at this point.
3: Yeah. He's okay. about to explode. I'm pretty sure these guys explode. Yeah,
2: you're really paranoid. Uh, is that
3: it for Kyborg?
2: Not paranoid enough to not action roll <laughs> into a closed building.
3: I thought it was going to be funny. I thought I was going to walk in on like a priest doing some like,
2: I'm gonna somebody, I'm gonna and
3: then like I go in there's four friggin' robots. Um, I, I guess I have a movement and I would be opening myself to an attack of opportunity, but it might be worth it to get away from these dudes. Actually, no. They got that whole grappling hook situation. It's useless. Yeah, that's my move. That's it.
1: Okay. Gum gum. It's it's rare that you're the last one in the initiative order. Gum gum.
2: Yeah.
5: <laughs> Those two ones. He's
2: got advantage on it.
5: Yeah. I'm going to
6: rage. Gum yeah, gum. <laughs> <dun, dun, dun, laughs> so I'll roll my rage uh, thing. Which is a four. Let's see what that is.
3: Flump is, <laughs> is three. I think.
6: Magic, if you use one weapon of your choice that you're holding until your agents. the weapon's damage type changes to force and it gains light and throne properties with a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. If the weapon leaves your hand, the weapon reappears. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And then can i run towards kyborg without bumping into any of the, like opportunity attacks
1: yeah because uh, the closest enemy to you is the one right in front of kyborg okay then i want to
6: throw my new axe the the friendly axe as i'm running <laughs> the friendly axe yeah the friendly axe i want to throw it at the one in front of kyborg
1: is this and, and then is this the axe that's being infused with this yes. magic from your wild surge okay
3: yes. I want to make sure
6: uh, so i'll make a Attack. whatever yeah.
3: Come on, Gum Gum. This is so cool.
6: Oh, wait. I just rolled damage. Sorry.
5: <laughs> Only 54 episodes in. <laughs>
2: it's okay. He also rolls saves instead of checks.
6: So that's a 29.
2: Oof. Oh, yeah. That uh, that definitely hits. Okay. You already rolled damage. Yeah, I already rolled
6: damage. So that's nine
1: <laughs> damage. Nine. So you throw your axe and you begin running. Mm-hmm. The axe strikes true, hitting the automaton, and uh, it falls over, unmoving. Okay. As it falls over, you hear a beeping sound start emitting from the automaton. My God. It explodes into gear and flames. Oh my goodness. I knew it. Hey everyone, don't forget please, if you can, give us a follow on social media Twitter and Instagram at Stinky Dragon Pod. Uh, tag us on social media using hashtag StinkyDragonPod, uh, and you might even become an NPC in an upcoming episode. You've heard me talk about it before. Hey, you could be one of them. Also, like to said, you know, our Smarsh is King shirt is available now. Imagine the most regal of gigantic purple worms clad with a shimmering crown. Can you visualize the beauty in your mind's eye? This, my friends, is what you could be adorning your stinky self with, with a t-shirt found at the RT store. 100% of the proceeds go straight to Smarsh. So if you're truly loyal to the crown, you know what to do. Hashtag Smarsh is King. Head over to store.roosterteeth.com. Look at it for yourself. We're also going to be doing a special one-shot adventure at the upcoming RTX event here in Austin. Uh, You can get a ticket, see it live, rtxevent.com. It's uh, coming up soon. It's the weekend of July 1st to 3rd here in Austin, Texas. Special thank you to some of our voice actors. uh, Schwindelin, a.k.a. Besler, is voiced by Christian Young. Brink Tussler is Eric Bedore. And Meld Manor is voiced by Kayla Milton. Do you ever find yourself awake in the middle of the night reading real-life stories that make your skin crawl? The creepy history behind Victorian nursery rhymes or tales of sleep paralysis demons? Perhaps you've seen the haunting images of corpses on Mount Everest, read the last meal requests of death row prisoners, or experimented with seances and spirit boards? If you've ever wondered, hey, what the heck exactly is necrocannibalism, then 30 Morbid Minutes is the new podcast just for you, hosted by Elise Williams and Jessica Vasami. Each episode investigates a new topic ranging from the macabre to morbid to downright creepy. Sourced straight from history and the headlines of today. Check it out now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday uh, or available a little early on Monday for Rooster Teeth First members. Everyone within 30 feet of it. Oh. Uh, make a dexterity saving
3: throw. So that's going
2: to be... It'll be his friends. Everyone? Yeah, everyone. Except
3: for the dude in the far back? Yeah. I rolled an 11, but I'm going to yeah. use a lucky because I don't like that one.
1: Sure. And GumGum, you do have advantage on this because of your uh, your danger sense.
2: <laughs> you you, you, rolled, I, you back. rolled a one.
1: And
5: I also have advantage of it too, right?
2: <laughs> no. 21 from Mud. 10.
5: 10
3: for Bart. I, I rolled... An 11 and then a 6. I'm gonna go with. Uh, w- when was the critical fail? Can I go with the 11 or is that the most recent? Wait, why Why did you re roll? What action did you use yeah. to re roll? Lucky.
1: You choose the die with Lucky.
3: I'm gonna use another Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deck saving throw, yeah? Uh, Yeah. Come on, come on. Give me something good. Cool set. Fodge. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasted all my friggin' Luckies, dude. <laughs> all
1: right, that's everyone's save, right? Yeah.
5: Unfortunately. So
2: what did everybody, what damage did everybody take except for mud?
1: (laughs) Everyone takes 10 fire damage and 10 piercing damage. Oh. Uh. Gum Gum, you would take half of the piercing damage, but you would take all of the fire.
3: Okay. Uh. Okay, really quick. I have this thing called Gift of the Chromatic Dragon, Reactive Resistance. When you take acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison damage, you can use your reaction to give yourself resistance to that instance of damage. So
1: you could take half fire with that.
3: Half fire. Okay. I'm going to use that. So I'm still taking 10 points bludgeoning or, or piercing. 10 piercing, piercing and five fire.
1: Mud, since you made the save, you take half of each. So you take okay. five fire and five piercing.
5: Oh, he still gets damaged. Damn.
1: Yeah. Usually saves are like that. Uh, I'm going to make a uh, dexterity saving throws for the two uh, enemies who are also caught in this explosion. Uh, One of them succeeds, one of them fails. The automaton on uh, the left side seems to duck out of the way of uh, some of the gears that are flying towards it, but the one on the right takes the full force of the explosion.
3: And then he explodes. (laughs) It's just a chain reaction.
1: (laughs) That would be great. Okay, Gum Gum. (laughs) So you threw the axe and you caused a super cool explosion uh, and you're still running at Kyborg. Uh, What do you want to do?
3: Is an explosion cool if you're in it? Mm. It's a good question.
2: Only if you don't react.
6: Yeah, I don't think Gum-Gum reacted. He just took it in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So where's the furthest one away?
1: The furthest one away is the one way at the back of the altar who has not closed any distance on you guys yet. About 70 feet away from the door. Okay.
6: What's she going to do, Gum-Gum? throw my axe at the one furthest away. What, you already threw your axe, didn't you? Yeah, but it t- teleported back to me.
2: Oh! That's at
1: the end of the turn, isn't it?
6: No, immediately.
2: Uh. Mjolnir. Does it say yeah,
6: immediately? The, the, the weapon turn?
2: reappears <laughs> in your hand at the end of your current turn. Oh. Mm. I like how Chris didn't check, and he just said what he wants it to be. <laughs> no, I thought it was. I really did. Uh,
6: okay, well, I'll run to Kyborg. Can I pick it up?
1: Yeah, you run up to Unmoving Automaton, retrieve your axe. And then for my second attack, can I throw it again?
3: I mean, he did it Explode. Maybe the axe flew back at him because it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and it
1: uh, took an attack at him. Uh, Sure, why not? You yeah. can throw it again.
6: That's an 18. No, sorry, 20.
1: Yes, that would hit. Yes, gum <laughs> uh, gum.
6: That's nine.
1: Nine <laughs> points of damage. Okay. And it's the end of your turn.
6: Yeah. And I, and I hug up next to Kyborg
1: in front of him. Wait, yeah, you're 15 feet in front of Kyborg now.
6: Oh, okay. Well, then I back up to Kyborg. <laughs> no, you're,
1: you're out of move at that point. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you're 15 feet in front of Kyborg. Your turn ends, and your axe reappears in your hand. Yeah. We're back to the top of the order. Uh, Bart, it's your turn.
5: Okay. I would like to give a motivational speech. Um, Now's the time. Down on Winnie. On Now's
2: knee. Bart's moment. Everyone hush. It's Bart's moment.
5: <clears throat> but at the fourth level, so if I cast this, I could target up to five people within range, myself included, I believe, and everyone gains 10 temporary hit points. Ooh,
7: yeah.
1: What do you tell everyone?
7: <clears throat> hey, Kyborg. Yes, Bart? Screw Quadrant. <laughs> yeah, quadrant. <laughs> hey, Gum Gum. Yeah. You're my best friend.
6: You're my best friend, too. <laughs> yeah.
7: And Mud. Yeah. You're the prettiest one of the group.
3: Well, I knew that already. <laughs> what do you tell yourself Bart?
7: Bart you are you are worthy you are capable you are um taller than you think
3: <laughs> yas Bart yas our sh- short king, our short short king.
5: king. Short also with this spell for the duration each affected creature gains 10 temporary points because it's at the fourth level. Uh, If an affected creature is hit by an attack, it has advantage on the next attack roll it makes.
1: So if someone gets hit, then they get advantage on their next attack.
5: On their next attack, yes.
1: Uh, She hasn't done anything yet, but what do you tell Meld for her motivational speech?
5: Motivate
2: her to do something.
7: (laughs) Uh, Hey Meld, if you want to like participate, Also, your, your dad was hot. Uh thank
3: you. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> the cannibal? It, it's voiced by her actual
0: I boyfriend. I know, I'm still <laughs> calling her out, he's a cannibal.
5: Hey, who knows what Bart's into?
1: rolls <laughs> initiative, you, you've, uh, you've motivated her into
2: action.
5: <gasps> Yay! There it is,
2: Wee. she motivated the DM to remember there's an NPC <laughs> that should be <laughs> helping us right now. I got a lot going on. Gus gets t- plus 10 temp HP.
5: <laughs> also, you guys should know once an affected creature loses the temporary hit points granted by the spell. So once you lose 10 more, the spell is uh, over for you. Okay. So the advantage thing stops. Uh,
7: yes. But just for that creature. Yeah. And as a bard, one of my features is I could, uh, command as a bonus action. So mm. I will command the, uh, furthest left automaton to grovel. Oh. <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah, it's it's Nice. <laughs> Was it Wisdom saving throw, or follow the command on its next turn, and grovel would mean it just falls prone on its next turn and ends its turn. So it needs to make a DC 14 wisdom saving throw, if I'm reading this correct? Yes, correct.
2: And as an automaton, it would have zero wisdom because it's not actually something that a computer can have.
3: That's right. If I know Claudron is stupid automatons, they're not wise.
2: It actually has a negative one to its wisdom saving throw. They're just evil. I think Gum Gum has negative one to his wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It would be super unhelpful if this happened, but I feel like in character that every time Bart uh, uses command, I feel like Gum gum would just automatically do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> it just is like a runoff, a runoff that, of the, of the okay. magic.
5: <laughs> I feel like if I do it when I when I do a command, my voice should get really low because since Bart is set up here, he goes,
7: bravo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I've said I said this and you guys didn't get the reference, but it's every time you do it, I think of the preacher's ability in the preacher comics, which he has like the the voice of God, and in the TV series, they did that. Every time he did it, it was like a like a chorus of voices all at a lower tone. It was really cool. So that's what I hear. Oh,
1: I think is Dune. Every time you command it, your voice is actually modified in post.
3: Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It sounds like they've been at jesserit in Dune. Bravo,
5: Excellent.
1: Bravo. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I roll uh, the save. That's a failure on the save. So the one on the left side, first of all, it has disadvantage because of heat metal. And on top of that, it is groveling on its next turn. It's just melting. It's <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> so
5: it, he doesn't take an action, basically. Yeah, it's
1: so metal. Right, he will not, t- it will not take an action on its next turn. Is that it for you, Bart? Yes. Because of your rousing speech, Meld uh, charges up and runs straight at the automaton on the right side. Pulls out a hammer, swings it, and brings it down on that automaton. Hitting AC. Oh my god. Uh... She rolled a one. Uh, she <laughs> <laughs> she runs up to the automaton, pulls out her hammer, uh, but drops it. Uh, <laughs> Is she a
5: halfling by any chance? <laughs> She's a half
1: elf. Half elf. She's uh,
3: not super experienced in combat, apparently.
1: She looks around with wide eyes to see if anyone noticed, and quickly reaches down <laughs> to pick the hammer back up. <laughs> that uh, automaton on the left side—it's their turn. It prostrates itself, begins groveling. Automaton on the right side—that meld ran up to—it's their turn. And it, of course, is going to attack Meld, who ran right up to it. That's why she was hanging back. Ooh, one of its hands uh, reaches out and attempts to take a swipe at Meld. It hits a C13,
3: which is a miss. Yes. Go, Meld, go. I like that Meld ran up, whiffed, and then the robot in reading reaction, also whiffed. It's just, it's the it's the gif
2: of the lightsaber fight in episode two. It's just swinging r- at r- each r- other, r- but
3: r- not r- hitting.
2: But as it's doing that, as it's swinging
1: at Meld, uh, one of the other arms pops down in another direction and fires at Kyborg. A grappling hook at him, hitting AC 13, which I assume is a miss. <laughs> That's a miss. Uh, all right, uh, Mud, it's your turn.
2: Mud is going to, I guess, go up to where Gum Gum is. F- Gum Gum is about, what, 60 feet from the furthest one? So he
1: ran 15 feet,
2: and he's about 55 feet away from the furthest one. Oh, it's a good amount of distance, just enough to cast Heat Metal on. Well, first, bonus action, Heat Metal damage on the one that's on the ground. The one that's groveling. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll that. 18 fire damage.
1: Does it get a save again or anything on that? No, because he can't drop
2: his stuff.
1: Okay, Uh, yeah, the, the one on the left side that's groveling begins glowing even redder and hotter. Like, it seems like he's getting redder and redder and redder, uh, and then he explodes. Oh.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Everyone go ahead and make that deck save. 19, nat 20, 22.
1: Nice. 14. Maybe 14's enough. 21. Let me roll for meld as well. As weld. Hey. That's a, oh yeah, she rolled a 19. Yeah, everyone actually saves.
7: Oh, yeah. So, half.
1: so everyone, yeah, everyone takes half damage. Everyone takes five points of fire oh. and five points of piercing damage. It's a good thing we got that temp.
5: <laughs> Is that everyone's temp damage gone then? Mm-hmm. Or temp HP, I mean.
3: Unless I use that gift to the chromatic dragon again thing, thing, where I'm resistant to fire, but it's only going to save me from three points. Do you think that that's worth it?
6: Well, how often can you use it?
3: That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm gonna use <laughs> gift of the chromatic dragon reactive resistance
2: oh is so it not like, like how many times can you use it three times oh you didn't you didn't answer guv gum.
3: oh no I thought I thought that was like a, a like a hypothetical like how yeah, yeah. often are you gonna get attacked by fire or lightning and I was like you know what gu gum you gotta make a good point uh so I'm gonna use that and I only take half of the fire damage so is that two points or are we roll well, we'll down, down to, to two yeah all right so I take seven points of damage.
1: Yep. Do you still have the advantage thing? He can pop it. He procs it at will three, up to three times. So
2: he has one more left. Right. Now I'm saying you have the, the Bart inspiration speech advantage.
3: Yes, I have three, three temp HP. So. Are you still
2: okay. three? Oh, wait, okay. I, I I have advantage.
6: I, I would still have it too because I would only take slashing or, or piercing. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Half of the piercing.
1: Yeah. So you take And seven. So that means
5: both you guys have advantage on your next attack roll. Oh, wow because you still have my motivation in your blood.
1: Gross. Boy, (laughs) killing it. (laughs)
2: It's handy.
7: It's all I could contribute, because I'm not very (laughs) powerful. All
2: right, Mud. Actually, is there a distance between the two remaining automatons that is over 30 feet away from each of them?
3: The other one's 45 feet to the altar. Yeah,
2: they're both quite a distance from each other. uh, More than 30. Then I go there. So between them. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I'm going to cast heat metal on the furthest mofo
0: mofo
2: i'm only going to do that at second level spell slot so it'll do a little bit less damage but they're still an automaton they can't drop it so now this guy is going to be on disadvantage for attacks but he has to roll a save oh, the but role he can is drop is to it to see if they can drop it
3: drop it like it's hot but because I'm literally heating their body, I am so glad two of our team members have heat metal. Yeah, shed your mortal coil, you stupid automaton. <laughs> All right, and uh, you going to roll damage on that? 13 fire damage.
1: 13. All right. Yes. Uh, yes. It begins glowing red hot. Correct.
5: Hachi, chachi.
2: You get a heat metal and you get a heat metal. <laughs> what else do you want? You got anything else you want to do there, uh, Mud? I do a curtsy and sit down in the pews. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> it, it, it is that automaton's turn, the one that's furthest away that you just cast heat metal on.
2: Actually, is it actually? We never do this. Could I actually, like, actually go and, and crouch behind the pew for, like, some cover?
1: Uh, you know what? We never <laughs> use cover mechanics, but, yeah, you absolutely can do that. There is a system for
3: that in D&D. Then I'm doing that. Mud prostrates himself in the church, <laughs> and he prays, doesn't he, Mud?
2: Yeah, I probably have some sort of deity that my druidic magic comes from. Yeah. So we'll say hiding behind that pew like that gives you half cover.
1: Okay. Which actually gives you plus two bonus to your armor class and dexterity saving
3: throws. Heck yeah. That's cool.
1: Just for reference, if you uh, get three quarters cover, that's a plus five bonus. And if you have total cover, you cannot be targeted directly by an attacker spell. Love it. But AoE might still affect you. Okay, so that automaton sees you lowers an appendage and fires a grappling hook hand in your direction, uh, Mud. Okay. Oh, it rolled a seven. That is a miss. Since you are hiding so well behind the pew, it flies uh, well over your head.
2: Mud giggles a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then it uh, very speedily gets down on all four appendages and with lightning speed crawls very quickly in a beeline straight at you. Then one of its appendages takes a swipe at you. It hits a C12, which I bet is a miss. That is a miss. Way to go, Mud. He giggles again. (laughs) Kyborg, it's your turn.
3: Okay, here we go. Uh, What are the locations of the remaining two?
1: The only two that are left is the one on the right side that's engaged in combat with meld and the one that's engaged in combat with mud up in the pews.
3: And where, oh, in the pews? Yeah. Well, speaking of pews, I'm going to whip out this baby. It's called the Hand Cannon. An ingenious and hidden weapon built by an unknown artificer requires the wearer to be missing one of their arms. It's basically a hand cannon that's stuck in my prosthetic arm. That quadrant stole from me. As an action, the wearer lowers the wrist of the prosthetic arm and fires a cannonball using the wearer's dex modifiers to a single target. The shot deals 4d6 bludgeoning damage and 4d6 fire damage if it hits, and the creature must take DC 16 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Wow. Yeah, I bought that. This is my new, this is my new weapon. So I rolled a 16 plus eight, 24.
1: That is a hit. Wait, which one are you attacking? The one in the pews or the one on
2: the
3: right? I'm attacking the one that's attacking, mud. Mud, okay, the one in the pews. Okay, yeah, you roll a 24, that hits.
5: And you said that was with advantage?
2: Oh, Kaibor could have attacked with advantage, but he got it.
5: Yeah,
1: r- okay. roll one more time just to be safe, because if it's a critical, then you do more damage. It's true. So okay, if you roll a 20, true. it's more. So yeah, just go ahead and roll it just to see if it's 20. This is 14. No, okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter, it hits regardless. Thank
3: you, Barbara. Okay, the shot deals 46 bludgeoning damage and 46 fire damage if it hits the creature. Let's make a DC 16 strength saving throw.
2: This thing's gonna blow up in my face.
3: So I'm gonna do forty D6, one, two, three, four. This is for bludgeoning. That's a lot of dice.
2: Kyborg is basically throwing a grenade at me right now.
3: 17, <laughs> and then this is for fire. <laughs> 10. So 27 damage. 27, and then he needs to do his DC 16. Strength? Strength saving throw. That's a
1: six. The cannonball hits the uh, automaton, which explodes into a giant ball of fire and gears. Make a dexterity saving throw mud, and only
3: mud. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's a gift to me. (laughs) You gave me HP. I take away your HP. Eight. So
1: that's 20. Yeah, you take 10 points of fire damage and 10 points of piercing damage. I'm hurt. Kyborg it's still your turn you have anything else you can do
3: oh absolutely so now I'm gonna look at the one that's attacking meld and I'm gonna whip out the old Longbow Triumph because I cannot get that hand cannon back unless I pay three gold pieces for gold powder and a cannonball after a long rest <laughs> which is a brilliant brilliant idea I have zero money so you guys are gonna to need to donate to the hand cannon <laughs>
1: <one>. <laughs> yeah mud you should be the first to donate because it saved
3: you <laughs> yeah saved me all right Longbow Triumph that's a 25, and then because I have advantage, I'm rolling again, so 19, I'll take the 25. That hits. Okay, and that does seven points of damage. <sighs>
1: okay, uh, the automaton is still standing, and that's not taken that much damage.
3: Oh, but that was an arcane shot, Gustavo. Oh, no. Which uh, I'm going to just call this one. Micah suggests you call it Jeff. Yeah. What? You said, I'm going to call this one, and you
1: kind of trailed name off. Jeff. Oh,
3: got it, got it. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to do Bursting Arrow. I'm going to just see, because we're going to encounter these more often. I'm going to try Grasping Arrow, which is a creature hit by the arrow takes an extra 2d6 poison damage. Its speed is reduced by 10 feet and it takes 2d6 slashing damage. The first time on each turn, it moves one foot or more. The rambles last for one minute until you use this option again or until any creature uses an action to remove them with an athletics check. So what what the heck do I have to lose? Let's see if these guys can take poison damage.
1: All right, so go ahead and roll uh, 2d6 poison damage. Eight. Eight. Okay, so it hits, poison damage procs, and a bunch of, like, brambles and brush grow out, entangling up the automaton. The automaton just begins laughing,
3: ha, 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 ha. So, can I perceive if that did anything, if that did any additional damage to the poison?
1: Uh, yeah, make a perception check.
3: I love D&D. 15.
1: You cannot perceive any change seem to have happened within the automaton.
3: Okay, well, he's stuck in brambles, so he'll take an additional 2d6 slashing damage. Uh, anytime he tries to move mm-hmm. and then I want to move 31 feet away from that thing, that, that, the
1: Yeah. You are not right next to it. Yeah. You'll just make sure you're more than 30 feet away. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Gum gum. You're up.
6: So there's that, just the one that has the brambles now?
1: Yes, that is correct. That is the
6: last one. Next to meld. And it's next to meld. With, and how far away is that from everyone? Far enough for me and Kyborg.
1: <laughs> I think pretty much everyone except for Meld at this point is more than 30 feet away from it. Okay, how far away from it am I? You're pretty close at the border. If I had to say, you're probably 35, 40 feet away, something like that.
6: Okay, I'm going to run up to it and just attack it with my um, random acts of kindness. Okay. All right, so I have advantage, so. The first roll was a 10. <laughs> All right, that's a 26.
1: Believe it or not, that hits.
5: <laughs> Believe it or not.
1: <laughs> so that's uh, 13. Mm, 13. Okay, yeah, you uh, swing your axe doing 13 points of damage. The automaton is still standing there between you and Meld. I hit I hit it again with my other axe, so that's uh 14. 14. That hits. All right, rolling damage for that. 15 damage. 15. The automaton explodes into fire and metal. Both you and Meld need to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay.
5: I don't like this theory of us destroying something in us. Getting hurt at the same time.
3: Quadrant's <laughs> ruthless like that part.
1: Meld makes her save.
8: Quadrant. That's
1: right. Quadrant. die even lower. Uh, that's a 19? nineteen. Quadrant.
3: No, a little too
0: high.
1: You take half, five points of fire and five points of piercing damage, but you are raging, so you take seven points of damage. All right. Hold on, come again. It's no bad. All of the automatons are now exploded. There's only remnants of them and pieces of them spread about the temple.
2: Way to go, team! This temple's probably kind of ruined, right? It's a, it's a little crispy. <laughs> Just four explosions inside of this temple. Milt says, We
4: have to find Pastor Ocean. That's right. It's
2: why we came to this place in the first place.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: She begins running up to uh, the altar uh, and the pipe organ at the back of the temple
3: to see if she can find him.
2: Mud follows her to help look.
3: As does Kyborg.
2: Not that he knows what Pastor Ocean looks
3: like. I start calling out to him. Padre, where art thou?
1: (laughs) Those of you who run up to the altar find uh, Pastor Ocean bound and gagged at the
3: uh, organ, which is just uh, off to the side from the altar. I take an arrowhead, and I cut him loose from his
8: bindings.
7: I mean, I don't, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. <laughs>
8: yeah, you <he's gonna laughs> should ask first. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I was ambushed by these creatures. They tied me up here. I believe they were laying some kind of trap. It worked. I'm glad you all survived. Oh, Dia, bless you. Here, the least I can do to thank you. Let me give you a small reward. Oh. And uh, he starts, like,
1: patting around on his robes and pulls out five sticks of incense and a book, and he offers them up. Wow. I
7: I appreciate it. Uh, Got any maybe, like, healing potions or weapons or anything? What's the book?
1: You look, uh, and there's a title uh, printed on it that says The Diary. And to answer your question, Bart? Oh,
2: yes, yes, of course.
5: (gasps) Thank you
2: and that means what?
5: Bart puts his hands out because he doesn't know uh, anything about religion, so he doesn't (laughs) know, like, how it
3: works. (laughs) Each of you can get a healing potion. Sweet. Can I take it? I'm just going to chug you right now.
5: Yeah, go for it. I, too, would like to use a healing potion.
2: Yeah, I should as well. 2d4 plus 2. I will take 8.
5: I get 9 back.
3: Awesome. I will take 6. I'm going to take another one because I had another potion.
5: So the, the book says Diary.
3: Uh, the diary.
5: The diary. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's spelled Dia, like the holy Dia.
3: Yeah, yeah. D
2: I A. D I A R Y. Can Mud grab the book? Yeah. Okay, Mud grabs the book. Who's grabbing
8: the incense? This is special incense, you know. I'll take one.
3: I love incense. I'll take one. I think we should distribute amongst the team. Everybody gets one incense.
5: Is it four total?
3: Five. 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 So Meld can get
2: some. Meld can take one too. Gumbo reaches out and takes one as well.
8: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not <laughs> Meld. Okay.
2: Gumbo can have it.
8: Yeah. Use that at a time of need. It's very special diarrhea and incense. Diarrhea <laughs> yeah, incense? Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> well oh,
7: we're not gonna eat it. <laughs> I already have what enough are,
0: problems with diarrhoea.
2: <laughs> what are we adding? Block of incense? Diarrhea and incense. Yeah, but
5: in in our in D D beyond, what are we adding? <laughs> you probably just type it in.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah, 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 you just put incense
5: and don't write incest accidentally.
1: Oh dang (laughs) it. From a metagame perspective, the incense does allow you to channel, like, divine knowledge that could help you make a decision if you wanted to. Very strictly speaking, it's like grants you access to the spell Augury. Mm. Augury.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't even—I don't even know what augury is.
1: A divining spell that allows you to receive otherworldly knowledge that helps you decide, like, in a course of action.
2: You receive an omen from an otherworldly entity about the results of a specific course of action that you can plan to take within the next thirty
3: minutes. Interesting. So probably less of a fight thing and more of—we need to make a decision. Let's light up some incense and meditate on it. Well,
5: what did uh, what did uh, Pastor Ocean say? He said, "Use this at a what time?" Of need. Just a time of need.
3: Yeah. Okay. What oh, time of mead? Need. A, like drinking time? Need. Oh, okay. So when we're making dough, got it. <laughs> get out of my house. I'll take my inspiration, Dino. <laughs> okay. Now that he's given us all these gifts, I say, all right, let's cut to the chase. What can you tell us about Clontran?
1: And uh, Meld asks,
4: what can you tell me about the lore of Daya?
1: Speaking of which, is there anything you all want to know about Daya, maybe specifically?
2: I'm not very privy to what sort of deities are part of this land. Is Daya part of a pantheon of other gods? Is Does she have like brothers, sisters, enemies, that kind of thing?
8: Yes, there are other deities. Not necessarily siblings to Daya, but there are others that do exist, of which we hold Daya highest and most holy.
2: Yeah, why is, why is that? Why is Daya's Wait here. Wait, Daya here. Is this like a
3: local thing? Is she region locked? What's going on?
8: (laughs) Well, Daya is responsible for creating our world, Phaser. Long ago, an ancient deity named Serendaya entered the material plane and saw the chaos of the world tearing itself apart. She stepped into the disarray and was able to bring peace and harmony to all the lands. She used her celestial powers to bring all the lands together as one and she called it Phasa, which we still call it to this day. All across the lands of Faiza, everyone called her Queen Daya and built temples in her honor. It is said she roamed the lands, visiting the temples and dwellings of all the people far and wide. Oh,
3: was she the tree lady?
1: Uh, no, the, uh, she was not the tree lady. That was a, a, a different. Oh, that was. Th- that was Andy.
3: Yeah. I, I, I step up and I say, uh, Mr. Ocean, I, I'm a cord man myself. That's the deity that I respect the most. What's well, Daya's relationship with cord?
8: Cord is another of the deities who exist in the plains. Cord has not had as much direct intervention in the world in Phaser. However, there is no animosity between Daya and cord.
3: Alright, sick. Yeah. I love Cord, Cord's Kord, Kord, the man. <laughs>
8: we revered Daya for creating Faiza and for her love of the people of Faiza. It is said that her love for the people of Faiza was so abundant that it brought her to tears. It is said there were six of these celestial tears, and they were gifted to humanity, the gift of Arcana.
5: Do we know who received them?
8: Or where they are? That's actually a really good question. These sacred tears were passed down by the Dairians, who were (laughs) the scribes of Daism. They were known as Source, Reach, Force, Virtue, Breath, and Gaze.
5: One more time, Source, Reach, (laughs) Force. Bart can only type
2: so quickly, okay?
7: Source?
5: I could only type in my mind so quickly.
1: (laughs) Source, Source? Reach, Force, Virtue,
3: Breath, (sighs) <sighs> and gaze. Oh, I love that last one, because it is Pride
8: Month, so.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
8: However, legend says that a cloud of evil entered the world of Phaser, jealous of the love of Dia and the people. The cloud of evil severed the world into separate lands, dividing them by ocean of water. This is called the Fracture of Phaser. It was during this fracture that the diagems were lost deep within the various lands across the world. Rumors circle about the location of said gems and that of their power, but no one has claimed to have found them. Ever since the fracture, no one has seen or heard from Dia. We pray for the day when she comes to visit our lands and reunite Phaser once more.
3: So, if theoretically we were to bring back these six Dragon Balls, I mean Dia Tears, it, does Daya <laughs> appear and give us a wish? Or is it like Shinron, or what kind of, It's all Dragon Ball Z references. More <laughs> of a Captain Planet kind of thing. Oh, yeah.
8: There's much mystery surrounding the reunification of the Tears of Power. It's unknown. Well, I've got good news for you,
2: because a while back we were given the job of trying to find all the infinites and we totally found all of them and mm-hmm. brought them back in one piece. So mm-hmm. we are the right people to, again, go find these hidden and sacred things. Just
3: don't ask where they're now, where the infants yeah. are now. <laughs> <laughs> they're at a farm upstate. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, do we know anything about Daya and their relationship with... Uh, oh, it's, it's the big bad. It's... it's, 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 it's Entropa. 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 Entropa Entropa
8: It's unclear exactly what the relationship is Between Daya and Entropa
2: I
3: think it's bad Just based off of what I know
2: I feel like there should be at least one Wait, we know about the Daya gem That was under the lake What color was that darn thing? Green? green?
3: I'm it was like blue I
2: don't remember (laughs) what color it was I feel like I remember Gus saying It was like glowing green But I could be completely incorrect (laughs) Can I roll from memory? (laughs) (laughs) You can make a
1: wisdom saving throw. See if you remember.
2: 22.
1: You recall it being uh, uh, a beautiful indigo color.
2: Oh, not neither of us. Okay. So, Mr. Ocean, do you know with the purple, do you know, do you have any uh, information on, like, which ones for which? Because we know of the existence of the purple one. It's not in our, we don't have it. We just know of its existence. Indigo, not purple.
3: Indigo's purple. Indigo's purple.
2: No, it's not. Well, now we're just going to call it purple. Uh, so, this purple diachem.
5: Uh, <laughs> Indigo is not in our, our vocabulary.
2: <laughs> do we know
3: anything about
8: that one? Oh, we have no direct knowledge. This happened so long ago, we don't know the specifics about them.
3: All right, so what about do you know the possible location of any of the other ones that are maybe nearby that we could go fetch?
8: Oh, no. If I knew, I would be working to retrieve them myself. During the fracture, they were lost, far and wide, deep within the various right. lands yeah. of the world. Right. At this point, Mel says,
4: "Perhaps it's best now that we reunite with Kai'Borg's friend, Brink Tussler. Not a friend. We'll see what he has to say, and maybe we can ease him in his paranoia.
3: Maybe we could also take a little bit of a rest, because we just got a little banged up, folks. <laughs>
2: oh, what you're talking about. I feel like my friend Gum Gum's going to keep asking for a darn axe if we don't go find a, an axe at a shop.
5: <laughs>
1: it's still nighttime now, but perhaps, you know, if you, uh, oh, return right, it's and, and and wait till the morning, uh, in Boulder, you can find
3: one. Alright, nannies. Should you, hey, can we, since we saved you and your church, do you mind if we, like, crash here for the night? <laughs> can we, can't we just go home?
8: <laughs> I would be happy to provide you sanctuary. But? The church is in a bit of disrepair. Uh, from the damage of your most recent encounter.
3: All right.
1: You all do have your infinite headquarters you could return to in Boulder. <laughs> it's,
2: a, it's a rare instance where we're actually in the town where yeah, our, our, our rooms are. Before.
3: We've had a fork in the road, and we're like, we could just go the extra mile. Let's just go a little bit further, and then we get in another encounter, and then we get our butts kicked. So but that's fine. It's fine. Let's
2: all go. right. Um, so Mud goes home. Yes.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> You can sleep in this ash and smoldering pews and everything like that. (laughs)
1: Uh, so yeah, like I said, the church is off, you know, kind of in the southeastern corner. You begin walking back to the center of town to get back closer to, uh, Infinite Headquarters, Mm -hmm. and you manage to reach the other side of town safely and quietly. You know, maybe despite everything that's been happening, your luck is finally starting to kaboom! Pop! Pow! Explosions burst nearby. (laughs) But they don't sound like, uh, squadrons. No, they're fireworks. You round the bend and come upon an even larger crowd huddled around the throne gauntlet tavern, cheering and drinking. Amongst the crowd, you spot Dr. Ahem <clears throat> in much higher spirits than before. He lifts a stein up into the air.
0: Three cheers for our newly elected head of bouldery, Mayor Brink Tussler!
1: And the crowd begins chanting, Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hip, hooray! Brink begins addressing the crowd. Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, my Baldarians. But I must confess, I would not be here today if it were not for four individuals.
6: Nay, oh. for friends. Rustbucket, Mud, Bart,
7: even Gum-Gum. Are you out there? Come join me up here. Come up, come up, come up.
1: <laughs> okay.
7: All right, this isn't gonna go to his head whatsoever. Let's go, all
1: right. As you all approach the front of the tavern, Duncan hands each of you your favorite drinks of choice. Balderray, we owe a great debt
2: to these four heroes. And as my first act as your mayor, I hereby promote these four brave warriors. From interns to
0: infinite, yes, fantastic.
2: (laughs) Tomorrow, my friends, the real work begins. But tonight,
0: tonight,
1: we drink and the crowd erupts into cheers and raucous music fills the air guys we finally did our mission we found all the infinites The Infinites were the friends we had all along. That's it for uh, this episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Find out what the Infinites get up to next episode.
2: Whoa, wow. we've graduated. Wait, does it come with a, wait, does it come with a pay, gra- pay raise? Uh, TBD. Find out next <laughs> week on... <laughs> that's a no. Oh,
5: that's, a, that's a definite no.
1: I bring news of Kydelius. Yes, yes. What is it? Has he been captured? <laughs> Negative your Forsomeness. What? How? He eluded the squadron, sir. With help from friends, sir. And, uh, well, there's more, sir. More? What? Now? Kydelius and his, uh, friends have just been named the new infinites, sir. <sighs>
0: Time to go back where it all began Alone in the woods, without a plan A blonde-haired elf, without an arm Shivering in the icy cold Picked himself up and wiped off those tears Trained in the trees to shed his fears He's faster, he's stronger, still awkward as hell But he's ready to fight, time to ring that bell Oh! Family's gone, believing in his heart Hunting for Quadrant and a Squadron too, Hungering for sweet revenge Rushing in a battle ahead of his friends They all sit back and just shake their heads Backflips and barrel rolls and somersaults Leading the charge with an action surge. Oh, draw the bow taking it <laughs>